Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. According to today's scripture taken from the 20th chapter of John's Gospel, the disciples were behind locked doors because they were afraid. They were behind locked doors on the day of our Lord's resurrection. And a week later, they were still behind locked doors, frightened, hiding, and at least in St. Thomas' case, filled with doubt. They hardly appeared to be the beginning of a religious movement that would transform the history of human spirituality and salvation. But I think to some degree, we all have an idea of what the disciples were, were doing, what they were, what they were going through. Considering our current shelter-in-place quarantine mandate, we have been given a little taste of how it feels to be in exile or finding safety behind a locked door, hiding from things that frighten us, like being infected by some strange virus. But even before this current pandemic, we, we seem to have a tendency to hide behind the locked doors of our hearts. To protect ourselves from things like our personal anxieties, our insecurities, our illnesses, our compulsions, our addictions, our weaknesses, our doubts, our self-righteousness, and in general, our sin. And it is because of all of these issues of fallen humanity that we know about living behind locked doors. It is because of this brokenness that we can place ourselves in this gospel story today. And we are not alone. In many ways, this is the human situation. We live behind locked doors confined by our stuff, whatever that stuff may be. We decide that our stuff is what matters most and that living behind locked doors is inevitable, or at least the only way we can remain safe and secure. So we stay there and we hide behind these locked doors of our soul. But the Easter story doesn't stop at these locked doors. It goes on. In fact, the, the central theme on this, the first Sunday after Easter, is that God has gone through our locked doors as he did in the gospel and has come to us to offer us peace. Breathe the Holy Spirit into us and send us out into the world. Just as Jesus didn't wait for the disciples to figure it out, um, figure out that they didn't need to be afraid anymore. They, didn't, they needed to, do, to just unlock the doors themselves. But God has come to us even before we were able to remove all of our own personal issues, even before we were made whole. Likewise, Jesus didn't wait for, for Thomas to stop doubting. He didn't wait for all of them to do anything different or delay so that they could, you know, get it together. He showed up and he loved them. That's what he did then and that's what he does now. He comes through our locked doors right into the middle of whatever issues we are dealing with. And he loves us. 
That's what the resurrected Lord is all about. And this is not new information to us, but it is the good news for us. However, nowhere in this scripture does it say that when God comes to us and loves us, that everything will suddenly be perfect or easy. On the contrary, the desire and the reasons for us to stay behind our locked doors are still there. But if we stop at whatever keeps us locked up, if we do not participate in the resurrection, we will not benefit from it. You see, like Thomas, we also put conditions and stipulations on the resurrection, not on the power of God, but on the proof of available evidence. Each confirmation becomes just like another lock on our door. Now, I'm not saying that, that these locks will keep Jesus out, but they will keep us trapped inside. And it won't be long before our locked doors become something of a tomb. But the resurrection of Christ was not accomplished to meet our conditions. It empowers and enables us to meet our conditions. It lets us unlock the doors and step outside, even when we are scared and don't know what's on the other side. The resurrection does not end wars. It reveals the sanctity and the dignity of life so that we might speak and work for justice, freedom, and peace. It is the compassion behind the tears we weep and the prayers that we offer for all who are victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. The resurrection does not miraculously fix relationships. It is the energy and the perseverance behind our work to reconcile relationships and to resolve conflict. It is the power by which we love our neighbor as ourselves. The resurrection does not eliminate our pain or tears over the death of a loved one. I wish it did. I really do. It is, however, the strength to meet the days to come with steadfastness and patience, not sorrowing as those without hope, but in thankful remembrance of God's great goodness and in the joyful expectation of eternal life with those we love. The resurrection does not offer measurable results, product productivity. It does not offer efficiency. Instead, it secures our life and our future with God. The resurrection is not an idea to be grasped or an equation to be solved. It is a life to be lived. And every time we live in the power of the resurrection, we engage the world and our life in a new and wonderful way. We move from saying, unless I put my finger into the print of the nail, to saying, my Lord and my God. Friends, as long as we remain behind the locked doors of our lives, the world today will look the same as it did before Easter. And if that's true, then you and I need to start looking for and unlocking some doors. Because every time we unlock and open a door, we step into Christ's resurrection. Every time we unlock and open a door, Jesus is inviting, asking, calling, insisting, and encouraging us into life and more life.
It means the unattainable is within reach and the impossible becomes likely. Easter is Jesus' promise that there is a future on the other side of our locked doors. And because we know that Christ is risen, we know that his resurrection confers upon us everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, whatever the destiny of this crumbling world is in the near or distant future, the last words in history are Christ's. And those words will be words of victory, trampling down death by death and on those in the tombs, bestowing life. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.